This week on Ultra 64 Cruising Cruising With special guest If anyone is still listening after that, then welcome to Ultra 64. My name is Steve Gunley. I am uh, bikini-wearing flag waver Woody Siskowski. <laughs> uh, we are very excited to be joined by our special guest today. He is a cartoonist and an artist and a podcaster and uh, just a generally good guy. Say hello to Robert Brower, everybody. Hi, everybody. H- hello. <laughs> hey. Hi. Everybody at home is saying hi. I didn't know if that was referred to me. No, no, it's everybody. Hi, everybody Robert. Nice to meet you. We've we've never yeah, met before. Yeah. Is that correct? N- nice to meet you, Woody. <laughs> and is this your card? <laughs> Not nice to meet you, Steve. <laughs> and you've been a subscriber to my newsletter for how long? Um. <laughs> Can you please long tell the enough. people at home how it has changed your life? <laughs> Now, with our two-step Nutri-Melt system, you can take in all these nutrients with just a single capsule, and that'll keep the lizard people off of your back. Anyway, <laughs> he's banned from the internet. We have to represent him out here. Did hmm. David Ike get banned from the internet? No, uh, Alex Jones got banned from the internet. Oh, okay. I think he's a lizard are, are person. Are you guys person trying to get banned off of uh, Apple uh, Podcasts right now? Is that what's going on? Oh, I'm, okay, trying okay, okay. I'm trying to. I thought we were trying to get goal. banned off of Infowars. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that ship has <laughs> sailed a while okay. ago. <laughs> Uh, so I, I oh, know yeah. I know I'm, Robert. Robert's appeared on my other infrequent podcast, uh, The World of Tomorrow, a couple times, and uh, I think he's just a delightful podcast guest. I wanted oh, to have I him on you. here. Now, I, I I have to ask you. So I gave you the choice. I, I said, you know what? The world is your oyster, Robert. You can pick any game. You can that cru- you, play. you can cruise the world and take your pick. And you, I, I gave you the option. You could say what, whatever game you want to play. You chose Cruising USA. Uh, now. Why? Why did you go with that one? I'm I'm curious. I'm not judging. I'm just generally. I'm gonna curious. correct you. Cruising world. All right. Right. Oh, cruising world is yeah. the one you wanted to play. Okay. Okay. USA can go through. <laughs> yeah. USA right. is just USA an unfortunate side effect. As a snooze fest. All right. Not gonna. USA. A. No, no way. Yeah. No way. Don't want any part of that. <laughs> but don't want any of that mess. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. I, when I got my N64 uh, back in the day, uh, first of all, like. What, uh, I had an NES growing up, and I sold uh-huh. that to get a Genesis when that was brand new. <sighs> and then my parents told me <laughs> that was going to be the last console I would ever have, period. Like, they weren't going to, yeah, what? they weren't going to give me anymore. Um, until one year, my uncle surprised me with an N64. So, uh, yeah, uh, awesome uncle. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, along with uh, Shadows of the Empire and Cruise World. (laughs) Okay. Very nice. Okay. For the longest time, those were the only two N64 games I had. So I played the shit out of them. Uh, I feel like we didn't like clearly establish what the hell's going on, Steve. 
in this podcast, oh, we just true. started talking to yeah, Robert. And talking. Hopefully, people can extrapolate yeah. by reading the this title is, of this episode. All right, audience, this <laughs> is a podcast about Nintendo 64. It is. We are usually two doofuses. We're joined by a third doofus, <laughs> and we talk about Nintendo 64 games. Multiple doofy. Yeah, doofy. <laughs> we are talking about multiple cruise-eye, cruising USA, cruising world. And Cruise and Exotica. And it's so, actually, it's a really weird direction for this license to go because it's based on the 1981 William Friedkin film Cruisin', yeah, which about, is uh, about Al Pacino lo- hunting murderers in the gay S&M clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a strange direction to make like a racing game out of it. And I thought it was a little tasteless to have like a large-headed Al Pacino racing around in there. But, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a game developer. I can't tell them how to do their business. You're no Eugene Jarvis. I'm no Eugene Jarvis, but we certainly will get into Eugene Jarvis. So, oh, man. Well, Robert, you, you think like, I would pay to get into Eugene Jarvis. <laughs> I'm not going to no. touch that one. I know, no. he's your, <clears throat> I know he's your Robotron dad. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Robert, you were not alone in requesting this game. I've had a lot, a lot of people request us to play the cruising games, and I was a little baffled by it because, um, Again, it just to me, these seemed just kind of like generic racing games. I was like, what is making these so special? And, I mean, these were big sellers. These are very popular in arcades and on the N64, and I just don't really know. It's like, is there something special about these games, or did it just kind of get there first? Um, which we'll dig into. Oh, we yeah, can discuss yeah, totally, that and totally. See. I, yeah, but... I mean, yeah, for, for me, it definitely helped that it was one of the only two games that I had. Uh- <laughs> See? So, yeah. <laughs> had you um had you played the arcade game at all? Like or do you, is your attachment only with oh, the yeah, Nintendo yeah. 64 I, one? I played uh USA in the arcade and and World in the arcade mm. and I think the only like real big difference is that you can run into animals and watch them explode in front of your car in the arcade version. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which almost made it into this home version, but a few months before the game was released, like parents groups were complaining. And uh, Eugene Jarvis is apparently still kind of pissed about that. He really <laughs> wanted to have those dead animals in his game. Yeah, I, so, I saw his comments about that. He was really annoyed. Yeah, charming. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's uh, let's jump into these here. Uh, let's start with, we'll go chronologically. Why not? All we'll right. mix it up. Shocking. Wait, isn't that how we always do it? <laughs> no! It is. Okay. No, it totally is. Cruisin' USA was released December 3rd, 1996. It was published by Nintendo, developed by Williams, and as we said, is the home version. Of, the home version is a Nintendo 64 exclusive, but it was a very popular arcade game. Uh, this is our first interaction with Williams, actually. Um, this company, they're, they're kind of arcade royalty. They have been producing pinball games and billiard games since back in the 1940s. Uh, they started getting into video games in the 1970s, and they're responsible for some genuine classics. They've got some uh, joust... Defender, Sinistar, and Woody's personal favorite, Robotron yeah. 2084. Uh, so today, the game is a sub- or the company is a subsidiary of Scientific Games, which uh, they don't produce video games anymore. They produce lottery ticket dispensers, which is ironically the opposite of Scientific. It's the opposite of Scientific. It's it's just pure <laughs> luck and chance. So uh, the arcade version of Cruising USA was released by Midway actually in 1994. And it was just kind of an instant huge success. And again, I'm not sure what set this one aside. We were trying to determine if it's just the fact that you can sit down and you have a gear shift and everything. It also had a fun ability to change the radio yeah. button. Oh, which yes. I feel like yes. went a long way. Yeah, yeah. I think that it was just a, an issue of the, the game just becoming well-marketed and ubiquitous and being put a lot of places. It's a, it was, it's a nice strategically placed arcade game because... 
you can just play one race. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's not like, you know, with Pac-Man or something, as you get better at it, your games take longer and longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas this, you would just put 50 cents in and take oh, a race. Totally. Uh, and and yeah. I can't think of, like, any arcade that I went into during that time that this game wasn't, like, wasn't there. I've, I've talked in the past about uh, pizza parlor racers, you mm-hmm. know, like... Uh, this to me is the one that would be in the good pizza yeah, parlors. Yeah. Okay. You know, if you go into a shitty one, you might get to play MRC <laughs> or something like that. But if you go into a really good high end pizza parlor, they've got a cruising USA or a cruising World Machine over in the corner, and people are lining oh, up yeah. at it. Or the really the, the one that you have double, and you can play two player. Yes. Sitting right yeah. Next absolutely. To each other. I don't yeah. think that cruising. I don't know if cruising USA had that ability, but I know that World and Exotica you could link. I them believe up. it did, but yeah. I, I could be wrong about that. I'll, I'll somebody don't at me. My my there. memory. Uh, my specific memory with this game is they would have Cruise in USA on uh, the ferry. I grew up on an island, so you'd have to take a ferry to get on and off to the mainland. Mm. And um, it was one of the few ga- arcade games they had on there. And one ferry ride, I realized I could take a brochure like of uh, hyping up the various tourist attractions on the, Whale on the island. watching and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. There was a little gap in the bottom of the arcade machine where people would put the money in. And so I could slide the brochure under this gap and knock quarters out, um, which I'm sure I immediately put back in the game, or I might that's, have moved over to Raiden Fighters, which was next to it. That's like such but. a little shitty like Bart Simpson move. Like I love it. That's an amazing thing to do as a little kid. So I don't know. I, I still I do wonder if the success of this game is tied directly to it being like near a launch game. It was supposed to be a launch game. It wound up, uh, along with Killer Instinct, uh, they were both pushed back a little bit, but only by about a month. Well, I mean, it would be a big deal if you have a very successful arcade game and you're like, now you're going to be able to play the home version of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, totally. that's, I feel like probably that, this was probably the last gasp of that idea as kind of a system seller. Well, it's hard like, to look back on that now. Like, like it's not a... It's not a thing anymore. You don't care if a game appears in the arcade right, because there are no arcades anymore. And it was a big deal like Atari, Atari. They would have like, now you can play Donkey Kong at home. And they yeah. would be comparing like the Commodore version versus the Spectrum version versus the Atari version. And which one had the best port of Donkey Kong yeah. or Pac-Man. Yeah, um, that Atari, it Pac-Man. Atari. It not really Atari. It was not Atari. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of <laughs> minus signs. Uh, nonsense. So, but I mean, this was the first like traditional racing game like an automobile racing game because there was a uh there's wave race beat this sure. and i think pilot wings has like a race element to I it i don't think pilot wings has any does it not i haven't played it no. yeah we'll get to that one um but yeah so wave race beat it just barely but uh, yeah this was the first like car racing game so i think it it uh, took off so uh let's talk about eugene jarvis because Hooray! he is the driving force behind this uh-huh. game do you guys see what I did there? We, we did. We got it. Do I have to take it back and do it again? <laughs> no, I think, okay, I think we're all we're on board. You. It's a drive. Yes. It was yeah, a pun. Yeah, yeah. Oh. All right. Okay. I'm Let's drive going. on through yeah. that. Okay. So, yeah. Eugene Jarvis, he was a longtime programmer for Williams, and he's best known for creating games like Defender and Robotron. And uh, currently, he's the CEO and owner of Raw Thrills Incorporated, which is one of the last companies that's just dedicated to producing arcade games. They're the last ones out there waving that flag. So I was excited to learn, uh, just because I'm a dork for 90s sitcoms, and I recently rewatched this whole show. He had a cameo on News Radio. What? Uh, there's, do you, I don't. Did oh, you ever I watch love that, that, Robert? Show. Okay. Do you remember? There's an episode where they get an arcade cabinet delivered to the office that Dave Foley's character used to be addicted to. Like he got kicked out of college because he was constantly playing this yeah, arcade yeah. game. 
Eugene Jarvis is the guy who is the delivery guy. <laughs> he wheels the arcade cabinet in, and the arcade it's called Stargate Defender, which is a mashup of two of his games, Defender and the sequel, which is Stargate. So he's Hollywood Ooh. royalty, Eugene Jarvis. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, Cruising USA, it got a big, big boost from media outlets. I have a bunch of old Nintendo powers that I've been looking through lately, and uh, Cruising USA is all over all of them. Like, people were crazy about it. Uh, well, at least Nintendo wanted us to be crazy about <laughs> it. Uh, but they uh, Nintendo did get kind of busted because they misrepresented the hardware. So they first showed the arc- the, the arcade game was first shown at uh, CES in 1994, and the developers were saying that it was using a Ultra 64... Like the arcade, uh, kit. The, the arcade machine. The arcade oh, cabinet was using an Ultra 64 development kit, but it was not. Clearly, uh, it, it was just their own thing because the the I think the only other game that used the N64 software was Killer Instinct in the arcade. So that one actually does, but yeah, that wouldn't be out for another year or so. So yeah, some reporters did some digging and found that out, and uh, I think the world is still shaking to its core. <laughs> oh yeah, never heard the end of it. I think we all remember the where we were uh, the day we yeah. found out that they weren't using the Cru- cruising gate, software. <laughs> cruising gate, cruising right through them gates, them checkpoint gates. Yeah. Um, I just I just want to be be a little fanboy to Eugene Jarvis real Please. quick. Um, I really he a lot of the games he designed um yeah Defender's a classic but Robotron and Super Smash TV are oh, two man. of my favorite yes. arcade games ever and I feel like I really have you ever played the game Narc which I think yeah. was another game he contributed yeah, on that one's great a good um, like, side scroller it's right? really a funny game where it's um so I think it was sort of a response to those anti drug messages they used in arcades of yeah. winners don't use drugs so the idea is your narcotics police officers busting perps who have drugs but you just have rocket launchers, yeah. so you'll just shoot all these criminals, and their limbs will fly everywhere. Oh, my God. And it's so just great. tremendously over-the-top violent, and they're like, oh, it's an yeah. anti-drug game. It's, yes. Um, Did you play the remake? The, the, uh, the remake no, I Xbox. didn't. No. That one is hysterical because now it has to be all gritty, so a good chunk of the gameplay revolves around you taking drugs. Yeah. So you're a dirty cop now, and you're still every bit as violent, but you're also stealing drugs from your perps and taking them, and it alters your powers. Like, if you take a bunch of cocaine, you get really fast. If you take mushrooms, and everybody starts going crazy. Like, I don't think Eugene Jarvis was involved. He's not involved with that one, but I wish. Um, there's made me think of there's that. kind of a thread that I'm curious to follow as we get into subsequent episodes of this podcast. Um, more about Midway, because this was sort of... When did Midway... Go bankrupt or end? Oh, uh, we f- we had that in an earlier episode. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. I think okay. it was around two thousand two or three. Okay, because I feel like this generation sort of was the beginning of the end for Midway, which is a, yeah. Midway is a company that I love, but they I think they you know they had so much success making pretty simplistic arcade games, which work great in the arcade when you're going to play them for you know yeah. ten minutes and you play cruising for ten minutes. You're like, this is fun. Like, sure, I'm driving. But you start playing it for, a, you know, try to play it for a half hour, it gets pretty boring. Even us and playing playing all three of the games in this series over the course of an hour, we're like, all right, uh, are we done? Yeah. You know, we've got the gist of it. And so I think once Midway started realizing, oh, there's not going to be that much money for the arcade, when you port these games, you know, when you port these games to the home system, they just don't have the content there that they you're don't. looking for. And Midway really, really started getting oversaturated at this point, like... They have so, so many games on the N64. They're really, really prominent. And everywhere. They were all over the place all through the mid-90s. 
And I think that's ultimately what it kind of cost them because they had diminishing returns on their multiple, multiple properties. So, uh, some you know, speaking of Eugene Jarvis again, he was pissed off about having to remove the uh, roadkill from the games. Yeah, Otherwise, as, as we learned from Narc, he's clearly a fan <laughs> of limbs flying places. Yes, his so. his quote from an interview with Next Generation is just that I don't know what's wrong with these people. It seems like they don't have a sense of humor. <laughs> Because uh, nothing a, is funnier than a raccoon <laughs> bouncing off your screen is the pinnacle <laughs> of, comedy. of comedy. Isn't that what Shakespeare said? Yeah, well, that's right. Brevity is the soul of Rachel. I'm, I'm sure yeah. we'll get into it later, but he, he does make sure that there's f- plenty of things that are flying at your screen when you run into them, though. Anyway, you know. Absolutely. <sighs> they they left uh, some bug yeah, damage in yeah. this one. Like in Exotica, at least, you get some bug splatter. Followed by show. a little voice line that says, Gross. Gross, gross. But uh, they did keep the bikini women in, which I was kind of surprised to find. Like the the, uh, which always struck me when I was playing this in the arcades as a kid. That always struck me as a very racy thing. Yeah, yeah. Kids game. The the FMB bikini woman. Yes. Yeah. No. Well, it, well, it's not the horrible N64 blocky bosoms. It's like <laughs> no, the FMV is actual, like, real footage. They're real bosoms. We don't have to feel guilty about masturbating <laughs> to this, guys. We don't. We don't. I'm doing it now. It's making everyone incredibly uncomfortable. I just realized the cat is in here, so uh, if there's going to be loud noise... The masturbation has nothing to do with that. But I just realized the cat is in here, so if there starts to be loud meowing noises, that's what that is. It's that's, a cat. That's me. I'm trying a new bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so all right, let's talk about this game a little bit. So uh, it's a, it's a racing game. You try to the goal game. is to drive fast. It, it, yes. You start at one end and you end up on another end. All right, next game. You're Ricky Bobby it all the way. <laughs> it's about as standard as you get. You run through checkpoints to extend your time and try to come in first. Uh, so true to the game's theme, you have 14 different American locations. You get the gold. I'm going to list them all out right now. Oh my gosh! Golden Gate Park, San Francisco, US 101, Redwood Forest, Beverly Hills, LA Freeway, Death Valley, Arizona, Grand Canyon, Iowa, Chicago, Indiana, Appalachia, and then you end at Washington D.C. And I have a big problem with this because it's cruising USA, and fully half the courses take place in California. How come San Francisco gets its own level, and I Arizona gets its own? Le- like, why isn't it a specific area? Arizona, Arizona and Grand Canyon are two oh. separate levels. San Francisco and Golden Gate Park are, are two separate levels. I mean, I get, like, I'm, no dis- I'm from California originally. I'm not disrespecting California. Uh, yeah, I understand it's a very diverse landscape and everything, yeah. but we sat out the Rocky Mountains in this completely. We yeah. sat out Texas yep. completely. New York City. Swamps There's of water. What about Mount Rushmore? Oh, yeah, you're right. Deeps- Deep yeah. South. Yeah, South, South Dakota. That You're right. Yeah, that's what you want from this game. You want a regular Sam and Max hits the road. Absolutely. With lots of, you know, various roads. Go w- biggest ball of twine. Absolutely. I want to drive through that. Where the fuck is Seattle, man? Yeah. Yeah, we're Route right driving on top of the Space Needle. We have a, yeah, we have a Space Needle. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, I don't know. So that, that was disappointing to me. It felt like a missed opportunity. So where but, does this uh, game... I mean, as we talked Delaware. about... Delaware! <laughs> I'm done. Look, we're driving through Delaware. Crossing the river. Um, yeah. That had nothing to do with anything. Sometimes I just have this tick where I have to yell oh, Delaware. Delaware. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, ignore it. Um, where does this game rank, like, you know, I, there's sort of a meter of, like, arcadiness versus simulationness, And this one is, it's super arcade oh, It yeah, is, yeah, very I mean, much. Like, uh, it's not, this isn't, like, 
kart racing game levels of wackiness, but it's also clearly not taking itself too seriously. It's, um, I think that might have been a reason why this game was such an arcade success, is it's a tremendously forgiving racer. When yeah. you whack into another car, your car will sort of spin out in a set motion, but you almost always get centered back in the middle of the track immediately. Um, but the other car will like you get, fly off like forty five yeah. feet off in the other direction. <laughs> yeah, yes. so great. Yeah, the physics in this game is horrible. <laughs> like you'll run head for you'll be driving this little car, run head first through a semi. The yeah. semi will shoot down the course, <laughs> and you'll do a little spin out and then keep going. Just keep See, going. Yeah, nothing. And there's Woody. Instead of horrible, that, I think that, you meant yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. All. You're right. <laughs> I mean, there's also weirdly few cars in this. You only start with four cars, and you can unlock three more, and that's it. That's all you get in this game. That seems really low. Even for, like, an arcade racer of the era, I feel like the whole point was at least to jam 30 cars in. They are, they're all the same, you know, obviously, but they have different colors. Well, they, we'll get to that when we get to exotic. Some of them have spoilers on them. Right? <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. Huh, and you have to, yeah. Um, yeah, you have to unlock all the courses in this game, too. You, you do. The, the yeah. only mode is, like, the cruise, the USA mode, and you select that, and you start it, all the easy courses, yeah. and then you gradually work your way up to the hard, which is a shame, because, you know, if you were playing the two-player mode, you would just want to be able to pick whichever course you want. Yeah. yeah, yeah uh, totally. Speaking of the two-player mode, we played the two-player mode in this game. It's rough. It was very bad. How yeah. bad? Uh, it, it gets... We get some really bad chop and some really bad frame rate drops. Uh, and it should be mentioned, throughout the whole thing, there's been a problem with draw distance. You know, so like... You're cruising along and the sea is white whale is draw distance in racing games. I it's hate gonna... it. It bothers me. Yeah, it's really irritating. I feel like the only game we've played so far that has uh, managed to escape that has been Ridge Racer. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's 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 really crucial. I think in a racing game to be able to see where you're going. It yeah. is, and, and it's not too terribly bad in single player mode. Like there's an acceptable level, uh, but in multiplayer, the draw distance gets really, really bad, and frame rate chugs along really, really. Slowly. Yeah, it's pretty un- it's pretty unplayable as a two player game. Which is kind of a kiss of death, I feel like, for a racing game. I feel like racing games, you want to be able to. Oh, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Race some people, <laughs> sure. You know, instead of racing random, random Maybe. machines. One one of my favorite things about this game is the. Um, the people at the finish line, um, the shirtless dudes that who are, are just, you know, like, pumping like their crazy. arms in celebration. Yeah. yeah. Jersey yeah. Shore. Jersey Shore. And the thing I love is that Which when is you hit Delaware. when you hit the finish line, your car just <laughs> stops. Like immediately, and these people are standing right in front of you, implying that either your car time has frozen for your car, <laughs> yeah. or if you're gonna go in the next split second. You're yeah, just gonna like a, run through all of these parties. It's like a bullet time thing, like yeah. green, you know. <laughs> I'm sure that's what Eugene Jarvis pushed for. We, we don't, it's we don't see the aftermath. We get, we, <laughs> it's it's like a Butch and Sundance style, like frozen cut. Like we know that all those people are dead. Just yeah. like we know Butch and Sundance are dead. There's no escape in that situation. But you know why? Why ruin such a pleasant thing? But, you know, I, I and I do feel like that word describes this game pretty well. It's pleasant. Yeah. The, the word that kept jumping into my head while I was playing was undemanding. <laughs> Has a ve- this is a game that is very undemanding fun. I can sit here. I can enjoy it. It's fast. It's stupid. It has a very California, like, laid-back totally. summer it's, feel. It's chill. Like, whatever, man. <laughs> 
I'm cruising USA. Yeah. Let's just chill. We'll race a little bit. We'll Whoa. smoke a blunt. Yeah. Whatever, man. Whoa, I hit that car. I'm spinning out. Whoa. Whoa. This is like a bummer, dude. But don't worry. My car will snap back and there'll be no damage to anyone inside. Do you want to go to In-N-Out Burger or maybe the Golden Gate Bridge? The Hollywood sign. Why not? The three things in California. Those are the three things. Those are the three things. There was a redwood forest, but uh, the Hollywood sign had it burned down. It's a so whole sad. thing. <laughs> Non-compete clause. Yeah, they had it. They had it moved to Maryland. <laughs> there can only be one tourist attraction at a time in California. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Do you guys have anything else to say about cruising USA before we move I mean, on? I, playing this game for the like the first time after uh, growing up playing Cruising World, the whole presentation is definitely. Really mediocre. <laughs> it's like kind yeah, of nothing, yeah. right? It's like it's uh, it's not bad. It's not good. It's just kind it's, of it screams launch title. <laughs> it very much yeah. does. Yeah, it very much does. I think that's a good way of putting it. It's very rudimentary, and I uh, this is, falls in the Elmo category of this is a game I would be pissed if I paid seventy dollars right? for. Yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah. There's not there's not much game here. There's no other mode. Aside from the cruise the USA mode, where you can unlock the tracks, and yeah. like we said, the multiplayer is and, bad. Yeah, yeah, and it is only two player as the max. So I would hate to see this game at four player. It would, yeah, I think it would just be a stationary. Like, it would just be a still life of cars. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, still life featuring cars. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like another thing, you being used to the the later games in the series. I don't know if you guys ran into this, but the whole like control. Setup for cruising USA oh, is yeah. bizarre. Like, ah, it doesn't make any the sense. The, the Z yeah. button to accelerate, R button to brake, and then you have a whole dedicated button for changing yeah. the radio station. The B button, the, the very button. the go to button <laughs> of I'm going to press B to brake. B rake, B rake. Yeah. Obviously, we know that I was that's holding that A no, button, and my B- car was going nowhere, and it was like, what is happening? <laughs> Yeah. Well, isn't the A button change camera? Yeah, A the button A- changes camera, <laughs> yeah. which is very strange. And if you're playing automatic, like you could do automatic or stick shift. And if you're playing automatic, then uh, the C buttons yeah. do nothing. Oh yeah, all yeah. all of these games allow you to play automatic or stick shift, which is dumb. It's dumb because it, the, I don't know. Stick shift is just harder for no reason. The, it doesn't make it any more fun. The appeal in the arcade is that you actually have a stick there, you yeah. know, and it's fun to kind of shift that around and everything and feel it like you're driving a real car. It is fun to shift yeah. a stick. It is and, very and much. But when I was uh, younger, I thought that like playing in the stick shift mode, you'd somehow unlock something special. No. No, I love you're just, you're just punishing yourself for no reason. I love going to arcades and seeing kids, and I'm sure I, I did this too. When they just sit down at the arcade machine and don't put any money in, oh yeah, and you see how long they will stay engaged, just steering the wheel back and forth and moving the stiff shift around, not realizing that they're not actually playing the game oh, or yeah. that they're just in the demo mode. You can do that. Little kids are real oh, dumb. Yeah. It's yeah. like if you're playing video games, you hand them a controller and say, "You're player two. They aren't shit. All right, they are sitting there playing with a dead ass controller." Get it together, small kids. God. That's such a bugaboo for me. Draw distance distance and small kids. Man, they can jump off in the lake. Jump jump off a lake. lake. Jump right off a lake. Into a lower lake. I'm imagining like an infinity pool situation or like a little waterfall. Anyway, 
Let's talk about Cruisin' World, the whole reason Robert's All right. here. Let's cruise that whole world. Cruisin'. It should be noted that cruisin' is also a uh, yeah. vernacular cruisin'. for, uh, you know, gay prostitutes. But we're going to cruise no, the world. Yeah, there's no gay prostitutes in this game. Maybe they are unlockable with the they, cheat code. I think some of those Jersey Shore yeah, guys pump yeah, the piss. Yeah, pump yeah those you're probably us. right. But... We don't need to think about them because they're long dead. Uh, so Cruisin' World. Cruisin' World was released September 28, 1998. This one was published by Midway and developed by Eurocom. And it was also released in the arcades. But it's a Nintendo 64 home exclusive. You're welcome, world. Uh, Eurocom mostly handled ports of arcade and PC games. Uh, their N64 output included the two Duke Nukem games. Fuck them forever. <laughs> Hydro Thunder. NBA Showtime, which is a pleasant one, and the GoldenEye follow-up, The World is Not Enough. Uh, they also created a few original properties, including these soon-to-be-resurrected 40 Winks. Uh, they went out of business in 2012. Their last game, I just played this recently to test it out for this, game, for this uh, episode, is 007 Legends, which uh, was on the Wii U and a couple of other systems. And this one very confusingly inserts Daniel Craig into all of the other Bond movies. Oh. So the opening level, I think we all remember that classic scene from Goldfinger where uh, half, like dozens and dozens of Harrier jets are blowing up all around you while you charge in and uh, just shoot everybody <laughs> as Daniel Craig. Clearly. It's supposed to be, t- it's, like, it's like taking place entirely in the time, like, you know, in Skyfall when he's on the train in the beginning and Money Penny has to shoot him and he's falling off. This whole game takes place in that moment because he's remembering oh. all of his exploits as he falls through his, <laughs> his life flashes. So you play such. Eyes. You play through Goldeneye, I think, uh, The Living Daylights, uh, and then, like, there's a few others, and then Die Another Day. Like, they thought of all the browsing games you can, uh, browsing movies you can play through, Die Another Day, the objective worst it movie. It is also. Is the one we need to play unobjectively through. Unobjectively, the craziest one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely! Yeah, no. There's it, like that's not the one with the invisible car. That's tomorrow. No, never th- dies. that there's is a, the one with the invisible that's the one with car. The ice tomorrow never dies has the remote control car. The remote control yes. car. You're right. You're right. Yeah, this one has the invisible car. It has Bond parasailing and surfing. Uh, it has Halle Berry. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a guy with diamonds in his face. And it's an nuts. Asian guy yeah, that becomes a white guy. <laughs> yes. Oh my, oh my god. god! So racist. <laughs> And Madonna. Nice. Okay, we're, we have to do a whole ep- we have to do a whole podcast about that one movie. Um, okay, anyway, we'll get away from Bond because I'm going to spoil all my good Golden Eye oh. nuggets here. Oh, uh, just so, sorry, sorry. Before we do, yeah, are yeah. you guys going to do Golden Eye and World is Not Enough as an episode? Or are you doing separate episodes for those? No, we're gonna we're gonna we split got, it up. We got to split it up. There's too much to talk about with Golden Eye. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, World is Not Enough is probably very disposable. Oh, but it's it might so be broken. It's played. hilarious. I can't wait till you is guys it? get to okay, that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Soon enough. Soon enough. All right, so uh, Cruising World. Well, Midway outsourced the development to, of USA over to Williams. Uh, they they were calling the shots in the sequel, which, true to its title, it expands on the track. So now we are going around the world. And it has a super dope intro, which you can hear our rendition of at the beginning of this yes. episode. Absolutely, we nailed it. High-pitched bro rock. Absolutely. Um, I think uh, it I was mean, perfect. No need it, to look it, it up on It goes down YouTube. with we the Marvel vs. Capcom 2 music as some of the greatest oh, game oh. music ever made. <laughs> Loungy feel gets you right in the mood to do <laughs> some cruising. Right. Yeah, exactly. 
So what are what are some of our tracks now that we can cruise the world, Steve? So there are 19 international Ooh. courses this time. We have Kenya, Australia, China, Egypt, England, Florida, France, Germany, Hawaii, Italy, Japan, Mexico, Russia, and New York. Plus an exclusive unlockable stage set on the moon, Ooh. which is part of the world. <laughs> no, um, no, no Antarctica. That seemed like that no could have been a, a, a Another missed down. opportunity. But at least they restored New York, Hawaii, Florida. They restored some of the things that Cruising USA was fucking slacking on, asshole. <laughs> um, the other big addition here is uh, the addition of stunts. Like yes. I mean, stunts is it's uh, it is, as long as loosely, you could stunt similar singular stunt. stunt. As long as flip was, is the only stunt you want to do, what you, are you can talking do it. About? You stunt can do was like you a mid two thousand slang for something, right? You can. Yeah. You can. You can wheelie. You can wheelie. And but you can, can wheelie, and you can also turn do like a helicopter side, like move. Oh, how yeah. do you do a helicopter? We never figured that out. Time that you press, you double tap, and then you'll helicopter. Oh, see, this is why we have you. Yeah, yeah. Well, we need to start. Stop the podcast. <laughs> go back, replay all of them, and start again. Stop and then the you can actually do actual want to get off. through the air as well. Ooh, that's wow, clearly that's we to are do a stunt while you're wheeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to to mostly do the stunt, you just to sort of wheelie. You press accelerate twice really yes. quickly. Your car will go up on two wheels, and then you hit a jump or another car. You can flip off of another car, and your car will go up yes. and flip. And it. What, it gives you a little time bonus on the checkpoint? It doesn't really seem to make your car go faster. (laughs) No, you come down exactly in the same place where you went up, which is like... Well, you you still go forward in the air. I feel like if we're talking physics, if somehow this happens, I feel like you would land well behind, right? Because they're still moving. (laughs) Well, again, we should not be talking physics in this game because this game has a very forgiving stunt system. No matter where your car lands, you can be upside down. As soon as you hit the track, your car will just land land on its wheels. You're good. In in the near future, we're having an actual honest to God physicist on the show. So uh, he'll he'll have... Neil deGrasse Tyson is going to talk about this game. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. He's going to bring Bill Nye the science guy, and they are going to correct everything we say in a real buzzkilly kind of way. With our Pikachu Nintendo 64 of science! <laughs> Actually, Pikachu would not be attached to a Nintendo 64, because he only puts out DC voltage. But whatever, enjoy being dumb. That's my Neil deGrasse Tyson. Wow, your Neil deGrasse Tyson is a Wow, yeah. He's kind of a jerk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But he can probably beat me up. He was like an actual boxer before he was an astrophysicist, so I shouldn't be talking shit. Yeah, I'm sure he listens to this podcast. He's an avid fan, as is every scientist. (laughs) So... Once, once again, this game is based on a well-regarded arcade cabinet, and that one was released in arcades in November 1996, so just a little bit before the uh, Cruising USA Nintendo 64 version came out. Um, so Eugene Jarvis uh, was not a fan of Cruising USA on Nintendo 64. He said he felt it fell short in a lot of ways, and critics generally agreed. It got a lot of mediocre reviews at the time. So he said that he wanted World to be an arcade-perfect port, and I think a lot of gamers of our generation at least know the futility of looking for an arcade perfect anything. Yeah, I think they were talking about it on a Laser Time episode recently. They they mentioned that uh, the only arcade perfect game that they could ever find was X Men versus Street Fighter on the Sega Saturn. <laughs> okay, that was the only one that played exactly as well <laughs> on as the, on the Saturn of all things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Saturn was good for those, if nothing else. Saturn um, is a hidden gem of 2D uh, gaming. It is. It really is. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
But I don't know. So I, I can't. I haven't played this in arcade. Have either of you played this in arcades? Uh, no, I was just at an arcade yesterday that had it, but I didn't play it. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. You dropped. I the had ball. to get to. I had to get to Mission Impossible. <laughs> oh, oh. Did you see Fallout? Yeah. Was it good? Yeah. Okay. I, haven't seen it, it. I was. I was entertained from start to Sweet. finish. Sweet. Okay. Good. I'm hoping it's good. I'm gonna go see the Meg this weekend. I'm all about it. <laughs> um, so anyway, we're way off track. Uh, yeah. I. I I, so I didn't play it, so I can't really attest to whether or not this is arcade perfect. I will say this plays better than USA. Oh, it plays leagues yes. better yeah. than yeah. USA. Oh, absolutely. This is what yeah. the game should be, by far. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like they got it right this time yeah. around. And you have way more cars. There's 21 cars, uh, 13 of which you have to unlock, but still, that's more to start with, yeah. you know. It's sm- it, it plays smoother. The tracks are more interesting. The ability to do the wheelie and turbo is... I don't know exactly how useful it is, but it definitely makes it a lot more fun. It's yeah, fun. Yeah, it's um, stupid fun. It's like, yeah. yeah it's I don't fun need to it do to be... flips off of the other cars. Yeah. No, it, it really was. And I'm like, all right. And the two-player mode was smooth in this game. I think it played well. It was better. It was yeah. better. There's uh, Draw distance is still well, a problem. It, sure. Uh, but at not, least, it's, at it's least better. with this one, yeah. um, uh, like it has something to make up for the draw distance. I don't know if you guys noticed, like in between... The two players that actually shows like has a representation of how long the track is and how far you have to go. Mm-hmm. So you actually know oh, yeah, yeah. you're heading towards something. Whereas like in Cruising USA, it just seems like you're just going until it There's... ends eventually. Like you don't know when it's where you're yeah. heading. Cruising USA, we noticed up in the corner has like a radar that seems like it should show you what the track yeah. looks like, but it just it's shows not. you when cars yeah. are nearby. It's a, it's a gray yeah. block. It's like, I can see blossom. those. <laughs> On my screen game, I don't need a radar to show me there's a car running into me. It's very strange, yeah. But yeah, no, I think World just works better. Oh yeah, by far. It's just a much more fun game to play. I still, uh, I still just kind of fall in the camp of like this is just kind of a mediocre racing game. But it's still a more fun. But it's very. I mean, it's very simple. I think that you're discounting that, like, just as a thing. It's simple and forgiving, and I feel like. You don't have to really learn the game to sort of get a handle on what's going on. Whereas That's some fair. of those previous racing games, you might have to get an idea of like how to drift or something like that. Or you know, you're going to hit the wall and then you have to back up to get going again. Yeah. Or the way you accelerate is hard. This game, all you do, press A to go and just hold Hell it the yeah. whole time. And then you yeah, double tap to do crazy tricks and and yeah. try to avoid those trees at France like crazy, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, one of my favorite things about these games is when you hit trees, they just flatten and oh. they just become two dimensional, and you just drive over the trees. Not, not in France, though. Did you, play, did you guys play that level in France? Or I don't Italy? think we got to France. Holy crap! Yeah. There's lines of trees that if you get caught in, you just like ping pong back and forth like crazy, oh, and you God. are stuck. It is hell. <laughs> Okay, we got a little bit of that in those, They make Alaska, those French trees yeah, extra they do. durable. They really they do. Those French, they know how to build a tree. <laughs> I am not going to dignify that with a response. Hey, I was complimenting you. No, no, you will not insult our country. We are the only ones who can talk about this. Yes, I'm back once again. It is me, the writer of Starshot Space Circus oh, Media. I was going to reference that, but I already forgot the name of that game. <laughs> that so. is the game of my masterpiece. I summoned it out of my heart and my mind and my sweat and my blood and my love. And now I leave because I am, uh, how you say, bored of all of you. Goodbye. <laughs> Some huffy Frenchman just yeah, pushed back me yeah. past me in the hallway. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you should lock the door next time. Familiar. Keep that guy out. We, we don't want to talk about Next time I'm going to lock the door. I think the cat pushed it open. God damn you, cat. God damn you. Do we have anything else to say about Cruise in the World? I'll, I'll, I'll toss up all the rubbish. Did you guys play any of the, the, uh, the one championship you played a lot. mode at all? 
Yeah, tell us uh, about uh, that. Okay, you know, give sample, us a breakdown. We, we sample oh, okay, them a that's bit. where actually the tricks come in handy. Uh, okay, because okay. championship mode is all about getting points to unlock other cars mm-hmm. and like new paint jobs, and actually like the ability to have your car have a like a, a higher top speed. Um, and the way you get those points is it like where you place, either in the first three places uh, on each race, and also the amount of tricks that you do. Which, uh, I guess, like, the, the Healy, like, the helicopter move that you can do has, like, the mm. most trick points. That's, like, three points. The flip is only one, because it's the easiest. But also, the flip is the easiest, so you can just do that, like, spam it, like, ten times on a level and just get, like, 20 points just from that alone. Um, yeah, yeah. So it sounds like uh, snowboard kids. <laughs> yeah. Basically, Exactly yes, like yeah, snowboard yeah. kids. They ripped it off. <laughs> Diminutive assholes. God, I hate small children. <laughs> but the <laughs> Ugh, even snowboard children. The downside of that is like it. I, I noticed like it has kind of like a a uh, a fake difficulty. Whereas when you play like the the higher modes of the championship mode, the cars literally just will go too fast and be too hard to beat oh, unless yeah. you've unlocked the other stuff. So you have to just like stay in the lower modes that get you less points. For a really long time, and then move on to the next ones, get what now is a little, like, tiny amount of points, until you finally unlock, like, the ultimate mode. This, this difficulty in racing games is always a tricky part. Um, it's a lot like a strategy game, where you, yeah. it's really important that it's just the right You're difficulty, right. and sometimes you'll cl- click it up and it'll just be unfair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Absolutely. The cars are just going too fast, or I don't know. So it's really more about AI, and that's the hardest thing to program. And so they just make the cars go faster, and you feel. Oh very yeah, cheating. yeah. But I, I imagine if if this is one of the only games you had, then you've played it enough that you like uh, have unlocked. Oh, literally, yeah. I've unlocked everything, everything in the game. I think the the, the final, okay. the ultimate car that you get, you have to uh, like earn like twenty thousand points or something ridiculous like that. Oh my god! In championship. <laughs> What it, would you remember what the final car is? Is it like a school bus or an ice cream truck? Uh, no, a, I want to say it's like a Lamborghini or something like that. Oh, boring. The, the fun ones you already have by then. You'll have like the, the cop car already, and I think there's a school bus. Yeah. And the Sardine Extreme, which you already start out with. I mean, you, the, the nice three wheeler car. Did you guys even play that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we drove, yeah, we, yeah, I drove that yeah, one. That was yeah, my yeah. favorite. The solar <laughs> powered three wheeler. Um, so things, yeah, speaking of crazy, things get really crazy in the third game. <laughs> oh my oh god. god. It's time to start Cruising Exotica. This one was released November 16th, 2000. Published by Midway, developed by Gratuitous Games, and this one was also released in arcades and on Game Boy Color, which so let's, you know is So let's good. talk about Gratuitous Games. Holy shit. Gratuitous Games. I couldn't find much about them other than they were based in San Francisco and they are long dead. Uh, they worked on Gex 3 for the N64. They oh, did, so we'll get to see that logo again. <laughs> yes. They did the Matt Hoffman BMX games for PS2, and then they died. Uh, and I think it has A to do directly death. with their logo, which is, which is the most terrible logo i've ever seen for a video game company. i had never i had never seen this logo before in my life so i haven't played those like games you know, it's like so. a red screen that then glass shatters and behind it okay it's like a woman's leg in garters and think, there's a think christmas story it, lamp it's yeah, a major christmas story lamp and yeah. there's a there's yeah. a gun on it and then a crosshairs on like the right around the knee so 
I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's gratuitous <laughs> nudity or... I can't tell if the gun is supposed to be inside the leg lamp or just strapped to the side of it. Uh, I don't know what happened to the rest of the lady. Uh, I don't know why people are trying to kill her with... I mean, based on the size of the crosshairs, it's probably a machine gun or a bazooka or something huge. <laughs> it's... It's a very strange logo. It does not make you want to play any game by this company. <laughs> but it did make me feel like shit. This is really gratuitous. Yeah, in terms that's of true. Yeah, design, it's lived up like, to it's, name. It's like the yeah, if, if the, it, the James Bond gun barrel. Why blood is coming down the front of the gun barrel? Just the less questions asked, the better. You know. Yeah. Are you bleeding into your gun? Like, what are you doing, man? Why are you looking through your gun? Yeah. You're, you're not. Mm. Is the bullet bleeding? I don't know. Uh, so. I think this is where the series made kind of a last-ditch effort at relevance and uh, wackiness. Definitely uh, the wackiness. So you now get to... Yeah. The wackiness yeah. That's is dialed up to like one. 11 so in this one. Very yeah. much so. You get you get to go to much more exotic locations like Mars and Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, um, Mars and Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and you also get to select your driver for some reason, which doesn't really matter because you never really get to see them. Yeah, but you can be a baby, be a baby. or an cow- Australian cowboy. <laughs> or an or a, uh, alien. Or a clown. Or a woman. Whoa! Yeah, a wo- whoa! They don't just wear Lacky. bikinis in this one. <laughs> They, they don't. Too. Actually, that element seems to be gone, right? Yeah, the yeah there's no there's no bikini women or yeah. men standing uh, at your finish line. But, it's uh, pretty yeah. sad. Our courses this time around include uh, Korea, Atlantis, Sahara, Hong Kong, Alaska, Las Vegas, India, Ireland, Holland, the Amazon, Tibet, and Mars. It's kind of a weird balance where they're like, these... crazy Mars, crazy Atlantis, and Korea. <laughs> like, whoa! Like, I can say... I've I've been to Ireland and it's a lovely place, but I don't know if exotic is the word I would <laughs> yeah. use for Ireland. Why not just make up? Why not just have you go to all the planets and like, yeah, go to the pla- go to made up dimensions, yeah. like yeah. cross into other video games, a la Wreck It Ralph. Like the Amazon does have a bunch of uh, dinosaurs, dinosaurs yes. walking yeah. around. Yeah. yeah, I as are frequent. Yeah, the Amazon. Land of Chocolate would be a great level. <laughs> land of Chocolate, I'd love it. <laughs> I, I just wonder. Amazon, did they want to name it Costa Rica, but they were afraid that, like, Jurassic Park would, would, Spielberg would get after them or something? Like, oh, I wonder. (laughs) Or why not, why not go back in time? That would be cool. Like, cruise in time. I think the important question that Robert's just raised here is, does Steven Spielberg own the rights to Costa Rica? (laughs) (laughs) Does he own the country? I want to. I want to get to the bottom of that. That was part of the deal where they shot Jurassic yeah, Park. Yeah. They're like, "I'm going to film here, but you have to give me rights to your country's likeness and use." And by 2020, future. I have to re- rename it New Spielbergia. Yeah. Yeah, the whole so. island of Isla Nublar is now mine. <laughs> I want to get some dynamite in here, just blow it up, shape it like my face. If that's okay. Anyway, that's that's more of a George Lucas impression than a Steven Spielberg impression. They sound about the same. Um, all right, so you get 22 cars here, and they are far and away the silliest we've had so far. We get uh, a couple of standard vehicles, but you also get, like, a solar-powered racer. You get forklifts. You get station wagons. You get hippie vans. You know, the, one of the station wagons has, like, boxes of junk on the top, you know? Which is very annoying to see past. It's very annoying yeah. to see past. Uh, and this is also... I think clearly the worst looking, worst playing game in the series. I don't think I think it. Pl- yeah, yeah, it does. It definitely looks worse, it's which terrible. is very odd. I don't know why it looks so Such bad. Such a huge dip, and I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand why they couldn't just use the same engine. Those dinosaurs must have really taken out of their budget <laughs> or something. But. It and I think it. I think it's more fun to play than Cruise in the World. Um, 
because it's a little more interesting and has more goofy stuff going on. Yeah. But the the sort we've, of we've got on the record we're in favor of a goofy race. Yeah. The. Yeah. The papery feel of the physics in these games is the worst in this <laughs> yeah. game. Oh, Your man. cars just feel like they've all been hollowed out and are made out of cardboard. <laughs> like you are bouncing all over everything. When you do a flip, oh, yeah, you'll go yeah. so high in the air. When you run into other cars, they just rocket. Yeah. Away. You're just driving boxes um, thought, on wheels, basically. <laughs> yeah. I thought that I was driving on Mars and I hit another car and it went flying and I thought it had something to do with the gravity on Mars. Yeah. But nope, it's the same in Korea. Oh, everywhere. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or Atlantis when you're underwater. Yeah, exactly. yeah it's None of that same. changes. Yeah, there's no water physics of like giving no. a field. Yeah, no. everything just feels super light to the point of almost glitchiness. Like they had basically oh my God, it's super incredibly glitchy. Super, they just lay the cars on an open track and then they just superimpose the level on it. So you're not actually when you hit something on the side, it doesn't really respond. You just kind of go up the hill yeah. or bounce yeah, yeah. back very lightly. There's no sense of impact. And this is where. I've complained about draw distance for all of these games. This is where it reaches levels of unplayability. Yeah, this it's like, awful in this game. We were driving a course in Korea, especially in two player, because we were driving a course in Korea, and I remember seeing a tunnel appear before me, but it was still like just wide open space everywhere else. And it wasn't until I was within like ten meters of that tunnel that a mountain popped up in front of me. I'm like, holy shit! I'm driving <laughs> through a mountain. I would not have guessed. Yeah, that. I, I I I launched myself off of a car in front of me in the tunnel, and mm-hmm. you know went through the root, the ceiling of the tunnel, and yeah. the car, the screen just kind of went back. <laughs> And I mean, I was very grateful uh, that we weren't able to drive off the courses, like those invisible walls keeping you on the course, especially in the Atlantis level, because I kept hitting jumps and just going into blue nothingness. It was nothing. I had no idea where the ground was or where I was going to land or anything. Like, it was really bad. Yeah, the game seems, the game is just very forgiving. There's no real, it just kind of, the screen will constantly center you back and you're just like, keep, keep going forward, man. It's ridiculous. It's, it's just it's just no fun. Do you have a, a, a more well, of an opinion? Well, I, I, I'd a, say a like more this game opinion? is the first time I've ever actually noticed a color palette in a game in a bad way. Mm. Like, <laughs> okay, okay, it looked like someone just threw up um, paint on the screen the whole time I was playing it. Yeah, <laughs> everything's it, just very kind of bright, <laughs> but yeah. everything is. It's a it's a it's a, it's a kitchen sink yeah. kind of game. Yeah. It still has the yeah. same. The mechanics haven't changed. Like, it still plays yeah, the, like the other two yeah, games. And everything seems way lighter, like I said. Everything's lighter, but, like, yeah, the, the, it's the same store. Race through checkpoints and to, sure. to get to the end. Like, yeah. it's... it's uh, it does have a weird challenge mode that I explored a little bit um, when you were getting this call set up of... Uh, you have to, like, press a button combination to do a trick at yeah. the start of it. And then there's, like, this five-second drag race mode you have to win, yep. which is maybe kind of like the challenge mode in World, um, but is a lot less fun or interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, and the Did you guys play, like, the Cruisin' World mode in Cruisin' World? Did you guys get through the whole thing? We... we- we didn't no, go, we didn't oh, get through the whole thing. We, played, we only have an hour, oh, an hour yeah, to play yeah. these three games. <laughs> so, so. Yeah, we cut us some slack, man. <laughs> we don't Come go on, you gotta get on. I'm it. sorry. I'm hey, sorry if you hey, binged all last three episode. <laughs> last episode, you beat two games and. <laughs> Come on, come on. That's true. That's true. That set an unfair precedent, I think. (laughs) Now it's like we play Ogre Battle and we're going to have to beat it like a couple times over before we can do an episode.
Okay, so sorry. We had a little technical difficulties there, folks. Uh, so uh, what were you what were I you believe were, when we were left off, you were talking about how he had beaten. We were talking about Elmo's number journey, person of the lordly caliber. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, 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 I, I was expecting you guys to beat all three of yeah, these. Yeah, I know. We, uh, we, we dropped I mean, the ball. I think you were like, saying you're one other average. thing about uh, some... Some another mode the cru the challenge mode in cruising world. Or oh what? yeah, uh, uh, when when you go in the in the like the cruising the world mode in cruising world, um, like when you beat through the entire thing, you unlock Florida for the first time. Oh, the, the crazy okay. land of Florida, Ooh. and at, if you place first in that that race, then your car actually gets strapped on the side of the shuttle. And flown wow. to the moon. <laughs> okay, okay. Shot off at Cape Canaveral. It's great. You get to hear the whole launch sequence. And I'm really the whole launch sequence. They show it all. Yes. Knowing what I know of Florida, Whoa. that's probably a true story. Like somebody <laughs> probably did that. They crashed their Pinto into like the space shuttle. And it was too late to stop the launch. They're like, ah, send them up. <laughs> it's like whatever. <laughs> the race <clears throat> ends crashing through the gate at NASA. Actually. <laughs> Which they, uh, I know NASA scientists encourage you to do that as often as possible. Yeah, They're yeah, very totally. lax in their security. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so uh, any any little buttons we want to put on uh, Cruising Exotica? I'm not a fan. I feel like you're hard. I feel like you're not giving enough points for just going all the way crazy. I appreciate I it. I, I, I want something to go all the way crazy while still being playable. All it, yeah, I guess all it had to do was maintain. It's It's always bizarre to me, and this is... This is the thing I maybe have been most surprised with in this us doing this podcast is how many sequels are worse it's than strange. the ones before it. Right? Like, yeah, you feel like it should naturally just kind of improve until maybe like third or fourth one. When it's yeah, and it's not even like a gameplay change. It's like the graphics get worse or yeah, the yeah. frame rate drops. And you just think, what is going on with this? You're just you building like- on the same engine? What like like Vigilante Eight to Vigilante? Yeah, 8 exactly. Or even right? one of the like, quarterback how? club games was worse. Oh yeah, Extreme G. Um, yeah, Extreme G got worse. Yeah, it's, it's very odd. It's a strange thing, and it should be. I mean, maybe just the series kind of stopped getting profitable. It should be noted that the first Cruise in USA was one of the top sellers on the system. It, I think it was like 29th best selling game on the whole system, like almost two million copies. Like so, it was a pretty big deal. Uh, the others didn't even chart really, but. Uh, they were still reasonably popular, but I think you can even see just in those two years between the games that like the the appeal and the demand for arcade ports was starting to wane a little bit, and you wanted more original content on your consoles. Well, once people, I think like in Super Nintendo days, this is this is sort of the stage where you people started demanding more content at home. Yeah, to absolutely. just have an arcade port is just not enough. Well, it's $70 and versus like a couple of bucks, you know, in an arcade. Yeah, you, yeah. you want you want to be able to play it for longer. I I get that. Um, so the series actually kept going after Exotica, but not in a way that very many people noticed. Cruise, cruised on. Cruise in Velocity. What? Yeah, it did. Cruise in Velocity <laughs> was a Game Boy Advance exclusive released in 2001. Which is a horrible title. It's a terrible it's title. No, no flow. Yeah. And uh, in 2007, there's an even worse title for the Wii, and it's just called Cruisin' with no suffix. Uh, and it's actually a port of the Fast and Furious arcade game, but they just dropped the license off of there. Uh, and it got wretched reviews, and the series has been dead ever since. But uh, Cruisin' USA was the first third-party N64 game to be ported to the virtual console. So, like, ah, people still weird. care enough about it. 
for that. Um, so yeah, I th- do you guys want to move on to rankings? Are we feeling good about ranking these? Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready to go. Let's yes. do it. All right. So each week, for people who don't know, we rank all the games that we play. Uh, we have many games on this list. How many? What are we up to now? Let's see. This this will bring us up to like seventy three. Oh my gosh! No, se- seventy two. This will bring yeah. us up to seventy two games. Uh, Robert, let's have you start because you only have to arrange these three games in order, which makes it pretty easy for uh, you. Oh, okay, okay. Now, uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna put uh, Cruising USA definitely uh, last place. Yes. USA right is there. last place. Yeah. That is yes. actually shocking. Uh, <laughs> Um, that control scheme that's in that game is just terrible. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, Cruisin' Exotica, number two. And, um, just, yeah, just because the, the pop-in, to me, made it borderline unplayable. Sure. It was yeah. worse than, like, definitely the worst pop-in in the whole series. Absolutely. And, um, I mean, Cruisin' World. Is is uh, number one? <laughs> okay, that's uh, that's less surprising. Well, um, <laughs> I'm just curious. Think about uh, well, we have you as a guest, Robert. Think about if you have any like N64 uh, deep cuts that I that I can think of you when we're playing that one later as, as a random other <laughs> other game. Don't say Zelda or Mario or something, but just some <laughs> some special Robert Brower favorite. Well. Uh, World is not enough. There okay. we go. Okay. Right. There we go. Or, or, or Shadows of the Empire. Okay. I'm... Yeah. <laughs> I'm interested to see how that one holds up. Yeah. I'm very curious about and that Same. Uh... <laughs> All right, Woody, Woody, where did you listen? All right. you, you, Woody was making changes Yeah, when, during during our technical issues, um, I was like, man, Robert making a good case for these games. So I bumped them all. I bumped them all up in my wow. list. Um, See, I bumped them all down out of spite. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm like, oh, Robert, man, how dare you, Steve? Um, <laughs> so I agree with the ranking. I think that uh, USA is the least good of these. It's pretty boring. Um, the fact that there's no turbo to do wheelies and do tricks just makes the game pretty bland. The courses are all pretty bland. Um, but it still plays okay, except in the two-player mode. So I'm putting it above Biofreaks at number 40. Um, Biofreaks is a good like room temperature game for us right now. Yeah, even though I feel like it's kind of worse than most. <laughs> yeah, you're but. right. Um, <laughs> Cruising Exotica, I liked uh, more just because it's crazy. Um, it definitely plays worse than USA, but um, I appreciated the all the weird levels and cars and just and the horrible physics make me laugh. Yeah, um, that's fair, right? <laughs> um, and so I'm putting that above Quest at number thirty-seven. Um, and then, yeah, Robert, you you persuaded me that World is actually a pretty decent game. Um, it's Thank it's you. not just it's something that I would go back and uh, play again. I'm gonna actually put it above Star Wars Racer, Ooh. Um, which I think is kind <laughs> oh, of a whoa. kind of a hot take. Whoa. Okay, um, but Star Wars wow, Racer was kind of, kind of know. annoying. I feel like we came. <laughs> We came to Star Wars Racer wanting to like it more than we did. I yeah, think. and I think, whereas I think that one world kind of I, come down. Um, yeah, so that's I think number thirty-one or something. So none of them are terribly high, but yeah. there, I would play any of these again, but not excited to do so. They that's would all fair. they would all be good rentals. Absolutely, yes. So for me, uh, yeah, I'm going to be a little. Well, I think I don't know. You you said you're harsher. I think we're winding up right around the same place. That, that usually happens. That does happen. I, I feel like but... our tone is like I'm bad mouthing a thing, or you're bad mouthing yeah. a thing, and in the end, we're like, oh, I guess we kind of felt the same way about it. It's fine. 
Yeah. Uh, so Cruising World, I did think was the best one. So I'm putting that right above Rampage Two, which is, uh, puts it about 32 spot for me right now, uh, which is decent. It's it's yeah. upper percentile right now. Cruising USA uh, was a bit of a step down from that, uh, but that's going right above Space Invaders. And Cruising Exotica, I don't know. The, the glitches just made... Like, I appreciate the weirdness, but the glitches just made it hard to really accept them. So that's going much lower for me. That's going down under Glover. I think I have a higher tolerance for, like, bad things in games making it more appealing. Yeah. Like, the idea of, like, <laughs> the glitch as, like, a selling point. Yeah. You know, like, the terrible yeah. physics, yeah. They, really, they really brought it together for me. So, um... <laughs> True to our uh, theme for the episode, we have a couple of letters this week. Dear Steve, will you meet me for gay sex? Uh, Signed. So, they didn't sign the name, oh. so I don't know where to meet them for gay oh. sex. Oh. Well, uh, well, I'll bring right, right, that you're right back. Person, whoever so. wrote that. The, the answer is yes. Um, I don't need to know anything more. Uh, but yeah, no, we got a couple of, and uh, these are largely international so we cruised Ooh. the world for some uh, for some letters this week so There's i'm going to start with one from keith himino hey guys i just wanted to take a second to say how much i've been enjoying your podcast i was in my middle school years during the n64 era and listening to you guys recount those games is a great source of nostalgia it takes me right back to a time when i'd see a postage stamp sized screenshot from a game decide it looked cool <laughs> buy it only to find it sucked then proceed to play a ton of it anyway because yep. i just blown 60 bucks of the money yep. i'd saved that wasn't always the case, of course. Some of my all-time favorite games were on that system. I look forward to hearing you guys tackle some of the more heavy hitters. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Keith. That's very nice of you. I always love hearing stories about uh, people's buyer's remorse. It's <laughs> weird. N64 it's... is the source of buyer's remorse. It is always weird to think back of before we had such a good idea of the game we were going to buy. Because now, when you're going to buy a new game... You know if it's going to be good or not. You know what it's about. You know the premise because we research these things on the internet. Yeah. You, yeah. You're not going to read it. You're not just going to buy a game based on some box art. That looks fun. Yeah. But like... Ooh, this back- cover of Forsaken 64 has half <laughs> yeah. a chick's face. Let's buy it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas before, you're just like shopping what game looks cool and people ended up with a lot of weird games. Yeah. I feel like maybe this is how... Gl- hey, what's this one with the Superman logo? Yeah, on? exactly. <laughs> I like awesome, Superman. Right? <laughs> this one's obscure. Maybe this is how Glover <laughs> sold some copies. Like, <laughs> Hey, he's a glove and he's a man. I like gloves. I wear them when it's cold. (laughs) All right, we have another letter here from Benjamin Curley. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi, Ben. Uh, Just wanted to say I really love the podcast, and I can't wait until you cover my favorite game of all time. Forsaken 64. Ogre Battle 64. Person of the Lordly Caliber. I feel like we've covered it already. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about it. Uh, And some of the really bad garbage that I know people are excited for, like Buck Bumble. I what? Know, I don't know if I would say that's bad garbage, but um, I have. I think it's cool, good garbage. It's good garbage. That's what that's what GG originally meant. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Uh, so I am really. Ex- I'm just really excited to see your reviews of stuff I'd completely forgotten about till this podcast jogged my memory. It made me remember like the game Elmo's Letter Journey. <laughs> Everyone has fond memories of that one. It made me remember the game Winback, which was one of the first oh, games yeah. I'd ever encountered with a cover shooting mechanic that my brain just could not wrap my head around at the time. And can't wait to see if it was just me being young or if the game is inaccessible as I remember. Keep up the good work. Also, as a fellow podcaster, don't worry. I'm not trying to solicit a shout-out or anything. Wasted <laughs> well, opportunity. Too, too bad. You, I mean, care. you did just right there. Uh, I'm trying to see what return you guys saw for getting a Jumbotron on the Flophouse. I know that's how I found the show, and I'm glad I did. But I'm wondering if you guys thought it was worth it as compared to other forms of advertising. 
Anyways, keep it up, and I can't wait to follow you guys through all the games and into your inevitable virtual boy follow-up podcast. Oh, man. That, that's a real short podcast. That's real short and real headachey. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I will, I will field the first question there, please. which is that Winback is cool. I played Winback. I have played it. I'm uh, looking forward to it. I think I sold you my copy, oh, and okay. I was like, I should play this game before I sell it to Steve. And so this was maybe a year ago, and yeah. it was it was pretty cool. It, yeah. it, it's right; it's a very early cover mechanic, and it works okay. Okay, I mean and, that's kind of all you can expect from these games yeah. at this point. Um, and uh, you can feel the next for question. the second question. I mean, you know, without going into specific numbers or anything, I feel like I think there's a good chance if you're listening to us right now, it's because you heard of us through the podcast, through the, the Flophouse podcast. podcast. Like uh, we got a big, big bump off of that. So I would definitely say it was worth it. it. More that yeah, I mean, it what could. Ten times increase oh, yeah. at least. Huge so. increase, huge increase. And yeah, I feel like the people who stuck around. I think, so if you have money to blow on your podcast that you do for free. Yes, um, I recommend it because it's like I've, I've done like Facebook advertising too. And that's just attracts like maybe one bot a day. A couple. Yeah, that's about all you can expect from the Facebook. No, no offense to the non bots that have found us that way. No offense still. to the bots either, man. No we'll we'll take the likes where we can <laughs> yeah, get them. Absolutely. Yeah. We take I all like comers. Yeah. Oh man, I have a you do you. I have another letter. Oh my god, oh, I have my so gosh. many letters this week. People uh, have realized we just read whatever letters they send in. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this one says your flop house fart this fart, picture poop. of my penis. <laughs> <clears throat> and I will. <clears throat> or I'll just I'll, at the very least I'll describe it because it's yeah. an audio format. Yeah. <clears throat> it's um, in all the veiny glory. Small. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> uh, so anyway, this one this this is from uh, Tobias. It says, "Hello, I just wanted to write you a thank you for the great podcast. I kind of accidentally found Ultra sixty four on Spotify. By the way, Ooh. we're on Spotify now. Everybody. Yeah, thank reminder, reminder. And uh, now I'm listening every day, every day to an episode. I was a big Nintendo fan, and the sixty four was the first console I owned as a child. So there are a lot of memories. I even had both Castlevania titles. In retrospect, I'm not sure why. Again, thank you, and I'm looking forward to new episodes. Toby from Berlin, Germany. Ooh, that's pretty cool. I'm curious." as to what Toby was looking for on Spotify that led him to I'm accidentally curious. discover. Maybe there's a famous German, like, Euro pop band that mm. is called, like, Ultra... Uh, ultra uh, Sexy Kids. Ultra, ultra Sexen. Yeah, I don't u- know. U- Ultra Sexen. I like that. Why not? And then he misspelled... Sexen. Sexen. Let me let me okay, set this straight. Okay. He spelled Sexen with a six. <laughs> As we all do. And uh, this one isn't a letter so much, but I did want to shout out to uh, Charles Heckroth, who wrote in for us this week. Charles is living over in Japan, and he very graciously wrote and offered to uh, buy some, like, import games and send them in for us. And, like, that's super nice offer. I couldn't take him up on it in good conscience, but, like, I just really appreciate the offer, and that's very sweet. And I'm excited that we have listeners in Japan. That's really cool. Do we have any... Are there any import games? I know we're going to play Sin and Punishment as as a thing. Because that's on the virtual console, but... Okay, um, because it's translated, right? We don't want to play games in Japanese. Well, it's not translated, but I don't know. So that that might be one we have to put an asterisk on. Okay. We'll discuss that. What about an obelisk? We could put an obelisk on there, or an obelisk, or maybe just, like, a steli. Hammurabi's Code. Okay, I think you're taking it in a different direction than I was going. <laughs> I know where you're going. Okay. I'm, I'm getting it less French. <gasps> yeah. How dare you, sir? I am back. I was waiting outside for the opportunity for you to mention French stuff. Oh, and, well. Uh, oh, yeah. how dare you? Oh, how dare you? Steve, Steve, huh? the French guy's back. We're going to end the podcast okay. before he, before he uh, ruins it again. All right, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Robert! Tell us uh, where what what what's going on with you. Where can people find you? Where can people find your stuff? 
Um, a, a lot of places. Let's see. I've 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 got um, uh, a comic called People Making Funny Comics. Yes. Um, that's up to you to decide. <laughs> Wait. Uh, so is the comic <laughs> about people making comics? Is it a meta comic? <laughs> it's about people making funny. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's Seriously. like an old school no. uh, heckler saying, "Make with the funny." Um, that's uh, uh, my my friend Sarah and I uh, do that. She makes uh, comics on the Wednesday, on Wednesday, and I release them on Friday. Um, that's at uh, pmfccomic.com. Okay, they're super and, fun. They're really great. Uh, <laughs> uh, me and my buddy Mike uh, do an anime podcast called The Super Anime Super Show. And uh, you can find that on Spotify. It's it's great, especially if you like My Hero Academia. Um, we've got a My Hero Academia spoiler cast on that. And we're right in the middle of uh, season two right now. That's, that's so. just popped up on Hulu. So I've, I've had enough people recommend that one. I'm, at, I'm not a big... I have a question. I, I just want to ask a question. And I'm you have to get... The rule is here, Robert. You have to give a super short answer to a very unfair question. But I have a sneaking suspicion that anime actually sucks. And like, can you confirm or deny this? We just lost all of our listeners. All of our listeners. How dare you? Okay. No, I was just. I, you know what he? What he? I was on your side before, okay. right? Now, now you're back. You're back to a Steve fan. Okay, it, I'm willing to. I, the the real question. The real question, and this will expose me as an actual nerd. Subs or dubs? Um, Ooh, I know okay. a thing. I know. I know. People are gonna hate me, but dubs. Okay. <laughs> I feel like it depends, right? I don't know. It might depend. I, I love I love the dub for that go, show. The, the guy that does All Might's voice is is one of my favorites. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. And then there's a, another podcast that I edit and produce, wow. um, um, hosted by two wonderful ladies, uh, Elaine Pauls and Leanne Wong, um, called Sports Are Gay. Okay, um, oh, yeah. it's uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a great podcast that tackles like gay uh, gay issues and also. Um, uh, gay representation in sports. Okay, that's so, fantastic. That's if you're interested in that, um, definitely check it out. That's the one element of sports I am interested in. Like <laughs> I want to see more. Of that. Ooh, awesome. Tight end, indeed. Tight end. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Robert. It's always a delight to have you on the show, and we're really glad you could, you oh, could uh, come yeah, on for this. Yeah, delight to be here. Thank you for having. Thanks. It was nice to meet you, Robert. I'm reaching out to shake your hand. I take back my crack about anime. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I will. Th- nice to meet you. I, I, think I will think about you when we play. World is not enough. Yes, absolutely. Which will not be next week, unfortunately. Because yeah, what next we week, week? Guess what we're playing? We are uh, dipping back into the sports world, uh, the non-gay sports. We're playing NHL Breakaway '98-'99. Uh, this has the distinction Ugh. of being one of the very, very few sports games young Steve Gutley owned. So, oh. let's find out that whole story. We'll bring the sports desk correspondent, Nicole Vatisse, back in here. We'll talk about some hockey. All right. I- All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us everywhere uh, in the world. Look to the stars and draw a U-shape, and we will manifest ourselves in your phone. Uh, and while you're looking at those stars, write a review and maybe poke five of them, you know, and uh, that'll help us out a lot. Cruising, and, uh, cruising, cruising iTunes, cruising iTunes for <laughs> review scores. Delaware! Uh, night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>